0: Thank you for joining us here today at victory church where we pray big prayers to a big god and we expect big results if you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are visit us online at victory.church or just download our victory app now let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor john Chastain.
1: well i am excited to bring another message today this message is going to be kind of a one-off it's not a part of our half the battle uh season and it's not a part of the season that's to come Uh, This message is just kind of a a word that God put on my heart. I started this, if you remember, two weeks ago, last week, Pastor Tim was was with us, Pastor Tim Ross. The week before that, I preached a message on waiting on the Lord, and we read Psalm 37, and I'm going to read the rest of that today. If you remember with me, I know it was like two weeks ago, but I said that this was a two-part message. The first part was going to be that week, and then today is the second part of that message. The text I want to take you to is Psalm. Psalm 37, so if you have your Bibles, you can flip over to Psalm uh, 37. If you have your phones, you can swipe to Psalm 37, or you can watch the screens uh, as well. Psalm 37, I'm going to read verses 3 through 7. When you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're waiting on me, say amen. Amen. All right, here we go. (laughs) Verse 3, you're like, "Uh uh-huh, John, go ahead, yeah, we're ready. All right, verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Now verse seven is what I preached on last time and verse seven is what I'll preach on again. Verse seven says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. These two really, really key words, not just for my message today, but for the life you are currently living, is rest and wait. Rest and wait. Rest in a time where everything is restless. How do we find rest? How do I discover this thing called rest? What is this you speak of, John? This thing called rest. But how do I rest and wait? because those seem like two things that do not go together in any way, shape, or form. But this scripture explicitly tells us, I want you to rest and wait at the same time. I'm gonna ask for a show of hands and you don't have to be shy. I know that it doesn't mean you're a pessimist. It doesn't mean that you don't have any faith in God, but how many of you are just ready for 2020 to just go ahead and be over, right? You're like, skip Christmas if we got to. I don't care, let's just get on into 2021. And I, I know that this is, a, you, know, you know, something that's happening all throughout society right now is the whole 2020 thing. And you know that because of the, the, uh, the hashtag that's trending on social media right now called 2020 memes. Have you looked at these? They are so good. So good that I actually brought you some today. Are you ready to laugh a little bit? Because sometimes if you don't laugh, you'll cry. So let's laugh, let's laugh. So throw so, so, so up the first one, throw up the first one there. So it says, 2020 is almost over. We're in the homestretch. And then it gives us a picture of what the homestretch looks like from November and December. That's a pretty treacherous homestretch right there. Okay, show us another one. I don't, some of you won't get this one. This was kind of an inside joke. You have to see the movie if you're gonna get this joke. If 2020 was a pie. Uh, what was the name of that movie? Hidden Figures, something like that. Uh, Those of you that are listening to this podcast, those of you that are listening to this podcast right now, but you're not watching this video, it's worth it. Just stop the audio podcast and jump on the YouTube podcast just to watch the first part. Okay, go to the next one. Uh, Today marks five years that we've been in 2020. (laughs) That's what it feels like. All right, this one's pretty good. 2020 was the scariest thing I could think of for Halloween decorations. And I think there's, there's two more, okay. I'd normally ask a question, but since it's 2020, I'll just keep driving. <laughs> huh. All right, I think there's one more. Now this one comes with a disclaimer. I'm so sorry, but it was so funny, I could not put it. It says in 2020, may we have the strength of this stool and the faith of this dog. I'm sorry if that offends anyone, but I could not not put that up there. <laughs> May we have the strength of the stool and the faith of the dog. Um, I don't know if 2020 has been like this for you, but it just seems like every time I get past, you know, it's always, it's always one more thing. it's just one more thing. And it, it's, it's, you know, it wasn't the one thing that did you in. It was the 4,1274 million billion jillion things that just compounded. And one more thing happens and you're like, well, if I can just, okay, I can can handle that. Um, And it just seems like one thing after another, you know, everything around us, you know, and then add in your personal life and all the things happening in your life. I've had a a busy, busy couple of weeks at the school and here and and I had a long day the other day and I get home and I do all the things you do when you get home and meals and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sitting down on the couch and, and my wife comes in and says, guess what? And that's, you never want to hear that, (laughs) you know, it's not, it's not usually good. Um, She says, I have a flat tire. And I'm like, of course you do. (laughs) You know, it's like just one more thing. And and so that's kind of how 2020 feels in, in some ways. And as we get closer and closer to the end, we don't know what 2021 holds. And I wasn't even scheduled to preach today. And I began to think about what today was and being November 1st, and the closer and closer November 1st got, the closer and closer I realized the election is Tuesday. And so I wanna bring a word to you today that is in touch or in tune with everything that I believe we're facing today, okay? And so the message that I wanna bring to you today, if you've ever heard of the series of books called For Dummies, you know there's Football For Dummies and Excel Spreadsheets For Dummies and uh, PCs For Dummies. Today I wanna talk to you on the subject of surviving 2020 for dummies. Okay, we're gonna get through this. Okay, we're gonna get through this. Let's pray, Father. We thank you uh, for your ministry that you minister to us individually, Father. And I pray that you would use this word. Um, I can I can speak a word that that speaks corporately, but you can only bring comfort and truth that speaks individually. And so I pray that this word would do just that. That you would come to comfort. And even challenge us, God. Change our perspective on the things that are around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I told you a couple weeks ago that, that I went hunting with, with some of the guys, uh, and we went hog hunting, and um, we went at nighttime, and it was pitch dark, you can't see anything. And if you were to try to hunt these hogs at night, you, it's a death sentence, like you, you're not going to win. But we had this little thing called night, night vision goggles. And we would put these, these night vision scopes in and as soon as we did, we could see everything. And every living thing was glowing. And you could see for a very long distance and you could see these animals at a very, very long distance away. But we realized really quickly that if without the right goggles, you're doomed. And I, what I came to do today is to assist you, hopefully, by giving you a pair of goggles uh, to see things happening around us that maybe we are um, in the dark to, okay? Things that the enemy wants to come and bring deception. He wants to come and cause us to worry. He wants to cause us to fear on the things around us. I, I want to give you a pair of goggles, Okay. And and I didn't come here to tell you who to vote for. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I didn't tell you to come here to tell you a lot of the things that maybe you want to hear a pastor say. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a pair of goggles that I hope will help you begin to see things more clearly and to see things more broadly than maybe you thought before. And so you've seen this series of books, these series of books called For Dummies, and, and I hope that Surviving 2020 For Dummies I will help you. The way I'm going to deliver these to you is I'm going to pitch them to you as five chapters. Okay? So you're going to, we're going to read the book of Surviving 2020 for Dummies. I have five points, which will be the first five chapters of this book, which I do not intend on writing, by the way. So need to, any, anytime soon, somebody much smarter than me will need to write that book. Okay. Chapter one. Are you ready? Chapter one, Dumb and Dumber. Um, a lot of things around just, it's a good word right now. <laughs> like That's dumb, It's dumb. You know, every, everything around us just seems to, to trigger this word in some ways. And you know, COVID-19, you're like dumb, dumb, this is all dumb, everything just feels dumb. Uh, everything around us just feels like it's getting this, this, this flare up inside of us. And although 2020 might seem dumb in that regard, I didn't bring up this word dumb to speak about the word dumb in that context. When we use the word dumb, we use it in the word of labeling something as incompetent or you know, unknowing or you know, whatever word we wanna throw in there. We use the word dumb in that context most of the time. But I wanna show you the real context of this word and I wanna do so by going back to this opening text in Psalm 37.7. Two weeks ago, we talked about waiting on the Lord. Today, we're going to talk about the first four words in this this verse, rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. And you may be thinking, well, how are you tying the word rest to the word dumb? I didn't do it. God did it. Okay, I want to show you this. I want to take you back to the original Hebrew language of this word, rest, rest. This word rest in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word damam, and it literally is translated to be silent, to make quiet, to be dumb, to grow dumb. To grow more and more dumb, but not in the dumb the way, I'm not saying I don't want want you to be more dumb, don't panic, I don't want you to be that dumb, that kind of dumb, I want you to be dumb, let me show you the definition of, of dumb that I'm referring to, the definition of dumb is, Temporarily unable or unwilling to speak. Now, think about the word temporarily. God says, In order for you to rest in me, you need to have the ability to control yourself and to be able to temporarily and sometimes unwillingly be dumb. Right? Quiet quiet. Do we have this ability? 2020 guide for survival for me, this is what God has been doing in me. He wants to know if I can be less in control and more dumb. Do you trust me, John? That's what God would say to me. Do you trust me? Do you trust me to work out all things for your good? Do you trust me to do things for your life? Then I need you to... Talk less, talk less. In fact, what this translation, what this word, what this Hebrew word even implies is that in order for me to truly trust God, I have to zip it. I zip it. Let me show you this example that God gives us of this. Jesus was the perfect example of this. In Isaiah 50, seven, it says that, they're talking about Jesus, he was oppressed. You think you were oppressed? Jesus was oppressed and afflicted, he's beaten. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is, there's that word, dumb. So Jesus openeth not his mouth. Now there's another uh, spot in scripture that that gives us this example that I think is really powerful. It's when, the, the Bible says, to introduces John the Baptist to us and John the Baptist gets, you know, Elizabeth gets pregnant with John the Baptist. And we know that the, 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 the leapt in, in her womb, remember this story in Luke chapter one. Well, I wanna show you what happens before um, Elizabeth becomes pregnant with this and God sends Gabriel the angel down to Zacharias. And he's having this conversation with Zacharias and he's like, hey, you're gonna have a son. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Here's what he's, he's gonna do. And I want to show you what happened to Zacharias when he started to open his mouth in the wrong way. Luke chapter 1, verse 16. It says, And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. This is the the angel talking to to, um, Zacharias about what John the Baptist will do. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel... Whereby shall I know this? How is this possible? I don't believe you. For I am old and my wife, she old too. (laughs) He said it real nicely. He said, and my wife is well stricken in years. He was challenging the word of the Lord. He was leaning, check, he was leaning on his own understanding. He was trying to figure out things in the natural with his natural mind. Or he was, maybe it's better said, he was trying to figure out things in the supernatural with a natural mind. And in verse 20, I'm, I'm sorry, it says this in, in verse 19. It says, And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel. <laughs> Who are you? You know, that st- the, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am, am, am sent to speak unto thee and show thee glad tidings. He says, I've come here to talk to you, not to hear you talk to me. I'll do the talking. Verse 20 says, and behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. In other words, Gabriel told Zacharias, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And for nine months, his lips were sealed. Like, can I get God to do that to my kids sometimes? Hey, God, could you just, when I'm arguing back and forth with my kids, would it be cool if you did to that child what you did to Zacharias? That'd be awesome, you know, just zip, zip. Zip Zip it for nine months. And then later on, we know that uh, Elizabeth gives birth to John the Baptist and on the eighth day, they're going to circumcise the child. You can read about this later. And they're arguing with Elizabeth on what to name the baby. And they're like, no, you can't name him John. That's not even one of your family. And then they look at Zacharias. Zacharias, tell this lady, to put some sense in this girl. You can't name this baby John. That's not your family lineage. It's not your name. And he still couldn't talk, so he grabbed a, they, he grabbed a tablet and wrote on there, he shall be called John. And the minute he held that up, whew, opened his mouth. Do you know that God cares what we say and how we say it? and what we're saying with our words, and the real question that this made me ask is what impact would there be on the world, in the natural and the supernatural, if John Chastine was muted for nine months? If God muted me for nine months, what would the impact be? Would the world miss your words? Or would the world be better off without your words? Because our words have this power to unite or to divide, to lift up or to tear down. Our words can focus on heavenly things or they can focus on earthly things. I wanna show you this idea that Jesus had for us in John 13, 35. He says, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples, not by what jersey you have on, but because you love one another. He's like, when they look at all the human beings on earth, the way they're gonna be able to tell the difference between my disciples and those who aren't my disciples is love. It's the only way they're gonna be able to decipher is, is by, by whether or not you love one another. This is supposed to be a, kind of a flagship thing for believers, you know, kind of. I'm afraid that many times believers are no, more known by our shove than our love. That God wants us to be some, a, a people that is constantly loving and, and, and reaching out to those who are different than us. Proverbs a 11 says, a fool, gives, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Psalm 4620 says, be still and know that I am God. What is the prerequisite to knowing that he's God? Be still. God said, the way I can identify if you know me is whether or not you have stillness in you. Because if you really know me, you carry a piece of knowing, right? That's how you're gonna know if I'm God is if you carry this, this piece. This word still in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word "rafa." It means to refine, to relax, to be quiet. You know, over the next couple of weeks or months, we need to tell each other more often to be dumb. <laughs> we all need to embrace this idea of a willingness to and a control to be silent when we need to be silent. And perhaps the reason things feel out of control is because you, we're trying to be in control and not giving control to the only one who can really do anything about any situation anyways. That's chapter one. Chap- chapter two. Chapter two is this world is not our home. And this is a really important one. I want to show you that that's not John's opinion. This is what the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 14. It says, for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home that's yet to come. That's why when I'm traveling and I'm in a hotel room, I'm not trying to situate the hotel room to become my home because I know that that hotel room is a temporary home. The furniture is not the furniture I would pick. The bed's not the bed I would pick. The stupid coffee sure isn't the coffee that I would pick. It's all wrong. Everything is wrong. I, I can't see myself in the mirror of any bathroom. It cuts me off about right here. This is how I do my hair, like a giraffe. Right? It's not my home. I can, at, at my mirror, at my house, I can stand up straight and fix my hair. Sometimes I just wonder if we spent half as much time, guys, trying to take people with us from this home to our permanent home as we do trying to fix our temporary home, how many more people would we be able to impact for all of eternity? And I just wanna give you a different pair of goggles for just a second, to just put on a different pair of goggles to, to remember that this world is not our home. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 says, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. Now watch this. Proclaiming our allegiance. Now this is a real patriotic word, allegiance. We grew up, all of us, standing in a classroom every morning and doing the pledge of allegiance to the flag, right? What are we saying? We pledge my allegiance to this nation and to this flag. And I want you to to hear me. I am a patriot. I I don't don't just love this country. This is the greatest country in the history of mankind and the whole world. It's it's an amazing and amazing country. Yes, we have issues. Yes, we have a lot of issues. But this is a a really, really, really great country and I consider myself a patriot and, and I love the United States. And I want you to vote, okay? I want you to vote. I want you to vote not what you think. I want you to vote what the Bible thinks. We have to vote with our values. We have to vote with a biblical worldview, and I'll fight for that, and I'll proclaim that, and I'll challenge you with that, and if you don't like me for saying that, I'm sorry, but we have to vote God-given values. But, uh, but, uh, But in the same breath, I have to say that I do not pledge my allegiance to a sovereign nation, I pledge my allegiance to a sovereign God, yeah. to a sovereign God. That's what this verse says, this verse, go back to it, Hebrews thirteen fifteen. it says, therefore let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to the United States. No, doesn't say that, it says to God, proclaiming our allegiance to him. The government of the United States is referred to as Uncle Sam, right? the guy on the poster is doing this smiling at you and while i appreciate uncle sam uncle sam is not my father i have one heavenly father i respect uncle sam i give my allegiance and my and my in my adoration to a heavenly father that outtrumps any president outtrumps any government outtrumps any nation and for some reason it's going to get super quiet when i say this for some reason many many times we pledge more allegiance to a nation than we do our Heavenly Father. God first, nation second. Chapter three. Chapter three, I want you to always be reminded and mindful of the real Commander-in-Chief. There is a a real Commander-in-Chief. Now we know the Commander-in-Chief that we know that was and will be and for history and history and history. But I want to show you the the true commander-in-chief. And what I want you to understand is that no matter what happens Tuesday night or who knows when, the real commander-in-chief will still be the commander-in-chief. Okay? I want to show this to you. I want to give you a different pair of goggles. Yes, vote. Yes, I'm with you. Yes, let's take a stand. Let's all the things we say, I'm with you, but I want to give you a different pair of goggles to filter through as well. So, so watch this, Daniel chapter two, verse 20, I want to show you God's perspective on leadership of nations. It says, blessed be the name of the Lord forever and ever for wisdom and might are his and he changes the times and the seasons. Now watch, he removes Kings and he raises up Kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Proverbs 21.1 says this, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and like the rivers of water he turns it whenever he wishes and every man every, every way of a man is right in his own eyes but the Lord weighs the heart. What this is saying is yes there's some good, good kings and evil kings. You can look all through the Old Testament and find God kings that were godly and kings that were ungodly. Guess who was there before they were? God. Guess who was there after they were? God. It's because he's the only real commander-in-chief. Our commander-in-chief, naturally, in, in, in natural sense, uh, has a nuclear football. You know, our commander-in-chief has executive order. Our commander-in-chief has the, the branches of military under his command. Our, our commander-in-chief has veto power and all these different things. But I wanna take you just a cu- couple seconds and show you the power of the real commander in chief. Okay, go with me to Isaiah. If you have your Bibles, go to Isaiah 40. This whole chapter is so good, but I wanna give you about five or four or five verses out of this. If you need context, if you start worrying about the future of our nation, if you got start worrying about any, anything along these lines, go, go back to this chapter. Isaiah 40, verse 12 says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? or with the breadth of his hand marked out the heavens, and who's held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed out the mountains on the scales. He took up the Rocky Mountains in one hand and picked up the Smoky Mountains in the other and was like, eh. Like he's weighing out the mountains on his scales. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as, he, as his counsel. Verse 50, going up to verse 15, I'm sorry, verse 15, says, surely, watch this, the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on his scales. Even the United States is a drop in the bucket of our commander-in-chief. This is how great our God is. He is exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever even begin to imagine him to be. Verse 23, he, he brings princes to naught and he reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. Verse 28, do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no one like our God. No one. No one, no one. God is still on his throne, no matter what. Chapter four, serving 2020, surviving 2020 for dummies, dummies, chapter four. Submit your agendas to the chairman. Now I serve on several boards. Some of them I'm the chairman, some of them I am not. Now I know if you're gonna go by Robert's rules of order, if you're really gonna run a board meeting the way it needs to be run, then you have to submit an agenda to the board before the board meeting. And you cannot get your agenda item on, in the board meeting unless you first submit it to the chairman because what you're saying is, Mr. Chairman or Mrs. Chairman, you're in control of this meeting, okay? This is your meeting. But might I submit this agenda item for discussion? And hopefully we can make a decision at the board. God is the chairman of this board called Earth. And it's his agenda. And that's a big buzzword we hear during election season. Who, what's, what's her agenda? What's his agenda? What's your agenda? What's, what's my agenda? Here's my agenda. And what you're saying when you say, what's my agenda? You're saying, this is what I think. And this is what I think that everybody should do. It's a sole opinion to a whole crowd. And if everybody would just do what I think, then everybody would be great. Right? But what this teaches us is this idea of I gotta check my agenda at the door. Because there's a chairman that's running this meeting. And so let me show you this in scripture. Let me let me give you a passage of scripture. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, you know what a petition is? It says, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, submit your agenda items to the chairman. Now watch what happens in the very next verse. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You know what that verse doesn't say? Submit your prayers to God, and once he answers them, you'll have peace. doesn't say that. It says, submit your requests to God, and just by the act of submitting them, his peace will transcend your understanding. God, I don't understand what in the world is happening in our nation. I don't understand what in the world is happening in in everything around me. And might I submit a couple of things for your consideration, Lord? And what I find is that when I begin to submit them, it's no different than the passage says that I give, take all of my cares, all of my anxiousness and I give them to him, why? Because he cares for me. And that's why it says that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light, because you're carrying stuff that you're not supposed to be carrying anyways. His yoke is easy, why? Because whenever I take my agenda and the things that I'm asking the Lord to do and I submit them to the chairman of the board, chairman's smarter than me. Chairman knows what he's doing. This is the chairman's meeting, not mine. I'm so, man, I don't know about you, but some of the boards I serve on, I'm so glad I'm not the chairman because I don't want to deal with the stuff that they got to deal with. And I can just sit back and be like, man, this is his problem, not mine. I'm on this board, but you know, the the chairman's got to figure all this out. The Lord is figuring this out. This is no surprise to the Lord. None of this, none of this. Now, remember the verse I gave you a couple of weeks ago that I have on my mirror, I pray every day, I challenge you with it, Psalm 5.3. It says, each and every sunrise you will hear my voice as I prepare my morning sacrifice to you. And every morning I lay out the pieces of my life, I submit them to the chairman of the board on the altar, and I wait, I wait for your fire to fall. That's saying, God, I don't have any idea what my life is or what you're doing, so I'm going to lay the pieces of my life out every single morning, and I'm going to ask for your fire to do one of three things. If you remember, the first thing fire does is it consumes. You're saying, God, consume my agenda. If I'm wrong, consume it. Consume it. Take me to scriptures that challenge me, that make me come into correction. If you're not going to consume it, God, then I want you to purify it. So if fire doesn't consume, it purifies. It'll it'll bring all the impurities to the surface and the pure gold or the pure silver will remain. Purify my heart, God. Purify with, with your fire. And the third thing that fire does is fire ignites. So I'm saying, God, either consume my agenda, purify my agenda, or ignite my agenda. We're gonna take all of our agenda items to the chairman and trust him with them. The fifth and final chapter of Surviving 2020 for Dummies is this. Forget not all his benefits, forget not. Don't forget the benefits package. (laughs) I don't know if you have staff, maybe you work somewhere where you're in leadership and you might get complaints about salaries on your teams and they're complaining about what their salary is and so many times leadership will come back and say, don't forget about your benefits. Those benefits aren't free. Those benefits cost this company something. That insurance that you don't pay the premiums on, they're paying the premiums on, it's a, it's a, it's a benefit. And a lot of our relationships come with benefits, you know? Uh, I've got a friend of mine uh, here locally who owns several restaurants. And now he's a good friend. Even if, he, if he's watching, even if you didn't own restaurants, you're still my boy. You know, you're still, we're still friends. But I tell you what, man, that's a cool benefit because he he owns several restaurants that if you call up there, they're gonna be like, oh, it's a three hour wait. I'm so sorry, but not for your boy. I just shoot a quick little text. Hey man, I'm thinking about coming by so-and-so and and eating here in about 30 minutes. Think you can get me in? And he'll text me right back, I got you. I got you. How many's in your party? Don't don't forget benefits. (laughs) And the Lord is telling us this. I'm gonna take you to the scripture where he says this. Quote, forget not all his benefits. And it comes to us in this passage where D- David is up in his years. And, and like so many times when David speaks in some of his Psalms, we find David talking to himself. And he'll, time and time again in many of his writings, he'll say, Oh, my soul, why are you so downcast? And he's talking to his own soul, he's talking to his mind, his will, and his emotions. And he's trying to talk his soul into, stop, stop, man. Why are you so discouraged? You can do this. And in this passage, we find him talking to his own soul again in Psalm 103. 103, verse 1 through 5. This is David. He says, praise the Lord, my soul. My inmost being, praise his holy name. Verse 2, he says, praise the Lord, my soul. And forget not all his benefits. He's like, in the midst of all the craziness, don't forget what you got, even if nobody gives you anything. And we've begun to put so much hope in a nation or in a government. And God, we've become so consumed with the benefits of a nation that we've lost the benefits of a Savior. We've become more enthralled. I am... I'm with you, like I said, I'm a patriot and I wanna live in a nation that's free and I love the, the, the core values of our nation that we're trying to cling to and I'm clinging to them with you. But if we ever get to a point that we rely upon Medicare more than we rely upon on our healer, this is why David goes on to say this, he goes on, let me, let me list the benefits for you. Who forgives all your sins and he heals all your diseases Pre existing conditions and all. He heals all your diseases. Who, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. Not, well for, not welfare doesn't need to do that. God will do that. I'll provide for you. I will, I will satisfy your heart. I will satisfy your needs according to my riches in glory. and glory. And, and gives you youth, that your youth is renewed like like eagles, God's saying, yes, I understand that your nation has some great benefits. And I'm so thankful that I, my kids were born here. I'm thankful that I was born here. It's a gift and we should all thank God for it to be born here. Being a citizen of this nation comes with a tremendously long list of benefits. And we should fight for those benefits, we should. But if we ever replace our fight and our remembrance of God's benefits, and we try to replace them with man's benefits, this is where we mess it all up. God's benefits far outweigh anything that a nation could do for us. In Deuteronomy 8, chapter two, he's trying to tell this to a nation. The nation of Israel has been taken out of slavery and they go all the way through this, remember we talked about this several months ago through a series, and they have 40 years of wilderness and they're, on, they're, they're there, they're about to walk into the promised land. It's a, na- he's talking to a nation here. And the nation that's about to go into the land flowing with milk and honey, like a good nation, really, really good. But watch what he reminds them of in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. He says, and you shall remember, forget not, the way the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And I don't have time to go into it now, but about from there, from verse 3 to verse 10, God goes on to describe to them. He says, remember, when I I had manna fall from heaven? Remember that? The Bible actually says in verse three, God says, I let you be hungry. I made you hungry on purpose, because I wanted to provide for you. I didn't want you to look to Egypt to provide your meal. I wanted you to look to me to provide your meal. He says, remember that time that, that you were thirsty? and I made water gush out of a rock, that was me. That wasn't a nation. That wasn't any kind of bipartisan vote. That wasn't any kind of law that made that happen. God said, I made that happen. I gave you something to drink. Remember when your clothes didn't wear out? That was cool. I gave you some Birkenstocks and you walked all the way across the desert for 40 years and them suckers never gave out, never, not once. That was me, that was me. That wasn't, nobody wrote you a check. That wasn't a stimulus package. I did that. God said, don't forget my benefits. Don't be so consumed and thoughtful and mindful of your natural benefits that you forget about your supernatural benefits. And then Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 11, he says, take care lest you forget the Lord by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes which I command you today, lest when you watch, see if this doesn't describe our nation, when you have eaten and are full, and have built good houses and live in them. And when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. We're all waiting on God to move. All of us are waiting on God to move in our personal lives, in our nation, in, in whatever area of your life, here's my challenge to you is in, in waiting on God to move, don't forget all the times he already has. Don't forget his benefits. If, if nothing else ever went your way on this earth, there are enough benefits being a child of God for you to get by just fine. He is our provider. He's going to give us everything we need.
0: Once again, thank you for joining us today for this week's message at Victory Church, where we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond themselves, and be transformed. The only way they can happen is through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would like to invite you to partner in giving towards this ministry. You can do that by visiting our website at victory.church/give, or download our Victory Church app and select Give. Once again, thank you. And God desires for us to live life to the full.